and welcome to episode 261 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow food. During the last week, I attended an event where I was lucky enough to chat to a company about a product that I've had my eye on for quite a while. I was also lucky enough to chat to one of the organisers of Gardener's World Live to find out what we can expect at that event this year. Now that's coming up a bit later on, but firstly, as always, we have my diary. Well, today is Friday the 6th of March 2020. I just had to think about the date for a second there. I'm just in the potting shed at the moment. It's just starting to rain, weirdly. I finished work early today, which has meant I've been able to spend a bit of time in the garden at home, which I'm rather pleased about because tomorrow I'm going out with a wife all day, so I'm not going to be able to do a huge amount of gardening. But today has made up for it. Now, what have I been up to? Well... One of the jobs that I managed to tackle today was actually to have a shifty around. Now in this potting shed, I've got several shelves that are just full of plants. Well, what this meant I needed to do was just move out some of my plants and young seedlings from this potting shed into the greenhouse. And these were plants like my parsley, my coriander, all of which are growing on slowly, but they are growing. And I'm looking forward to when I'll be able to harvest those. Now there was also some yakon plants and a rose plant that I've also moved out to the greenhouse as well. Fortunately, in both of these areas, the light is pretty good now, so I think they'll be okay out there. Light is always my main concern, hence why I have so many grow lights. After that, I went to my small beds that are in my vegetable patch area. These beds are, well, they're growing slowly. They're gonna be removed at some point and changed around. But these two small beds, they've got swede in one of them, chard and peas in the other. Now the peas, I'm absolutely surprised at these. I sowed these in early December, straight into the ground, and I was half expecting them not to survive. I was wrong. They are growing, and they're growing quite tall. Hopefully they're going to give us a really nice early supply of peas. But being peas, they need something to grow up against. So I've put in some small pea sticks just so the pea plant can wrap itself around and grow. Now it's still a bit early for peas, of course, but by sowing early, and this looks like this experiment is going to work, if we get peas that much earlier, then I will be repeating this every year. Now after that I came into this potting shed and I've started to sow some seeds. I'm trying a, a slightly different attitude with seed sowing this year. I'm going to sow a few seeds every few days while I'm sowing a, a few seeds once a week. I'm just going to sow a few seeds every few days just to keep everything sort of well in control so I'm not overwhelmed with so many seeds that have to be sown. Now today I have sown some broccoli, some cabbages, a variety called April, and some okra. Okra I've tried growing for many years now and I've never been successful with it. I'm hoping this year we're going to be successful. I hear they need a lot of heat and a lot of water. So they'll probably go in greenhouses. But I've also heard someone else say that when they've planted okra outside, they seem to do better. I'll be trying experiments with these and see how we get on. Some of these seeds I've used my usual little pots, which are sort of 10 centimetres long, 2 centimetres wide, 2 centimetres deep. Filled with seed sowing compost and perlite, just sprinkled the seeds on, sieved over some compost, given them a good watering and then I've moved them to the heated propagators where just to get that bottom heat just to start them off. 
After that, I've potted on some of my tomatoes. Now these tomatoes are destined for the greenhouse. I might have a few extra because I do have about 24 tomato seedlings. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the extras, but I will find something to do with them. But these plants were sown a couple of weeks ago and they've been growing on rather, rather strongly. And it's really nice to see actually. But because they've been growing on strongly and I haven't quite got around to potting them on, they were getting a bit like congested. So to put these on, what I've done is I've got a tray of my root trainers, which are filled with multi-purpose compost. And I've dipped a hole in each one, and then I've separated each tomato plant out and dropped them into each hole in the root trainer. Then I've given it a good watering again, and these are going to go back into one of my propagators, just for a bit of bottom heat. Uh, underneath grow lights, where hopefully they will continue to grow and get a bit stronger. Eventually, probably by next week I'd imagine, they'll be out here in the potting shed before eventually going on into the greenhouse. But that's later on in the future and I'll discuss that later on. For now, I'm more impressed that I've actually got some tomato plants. Now I also had some broccoli plants which were also sown a couple of weeks ago and they are a bit on the thin side but they did need potting on. So I've potted those on and hopefully again they are going to grow rather well so that's it for today i'm going to run indoors now and have some dinner and hopefully sunday it's going to be allotment day fingers crossed everything goes to plan well today is saturday the 7th of march 2020 now i did say i was having a day out with the wife today and therefore probably not going to be doing any gardening but while taking the wife out today i did end up in ikea and something that I do like from Ikea, and I was in need for one more, is the LED cultivation lights, the grow light that they sell in there. And I'm a big fan of these, but I did need one more. And I brought that, and I've brought it home, and I've put it into my propagation setup, my seed starting area. Now I brought the bank of three LED lights, which go on the top shelf above some of my, well at the moment it's above my aubergines and chilies. I'm a big fan of these, I really am, because I just find that that light gets those tender plants off to a really good early start and they get them really growing on strong. The other advantage with this, with things like aubergines and chilies, is that then they give me the advantage that I've got that head start. So when they do eventually go out either into the garden or the greenhouse, they are really well underway and growing, so they should start to produce fruit a bit earlier. And more importantly, they may produce fruit earlier, but the aubergines need a long growing period, as do the chilies for that matter. So by getting those really onto that good strong start they are more likely to produce and produce more so just a little update today i thought i'd fill you in with but i have now completed my propagation area well today is sunday the 8th of march 2020 i am in granddad's greenhouse on the allotment at the moment just ran in here because it's so lovely and warm inside this greenhouse now it's been a, a lovely day down on the allotment. I spent a few hours with some very nice weather. Now when I first got down here, the first thing I noticed was that the two triangular pieces of glass on either side of the door to Grandad's greenhouse had blown out. I only fitted these last week and I noticed they perhaps could have done with being a slight bit bigger. Only a couple more mil, not a huge amount, but they were a bit of a, a loose fit. And I thought it would be okay, but obviously it hasn't. They've blown out. Luckily, the glass didn't smash or anything. So I've popped those back into place and that'll be absolutely fine. Then after that, 
I then basically spent quite a few hours doing a lot of weeding. I've noticed lately that the weeds are really starting to grow. I'm not surprised. The weather is starting to warm up. We've got a lot of moisture in the ground. Spring is here, really. Everything is starting to spring into life. So that means that from now on, I will probably have to spend a lot of time weeding. The evenings are getting lighter, and as long as the weather is good, I will be popping down every evening after work just to do sort of 15 20 minutes of weeding just to keep on top of it weeding is one of those jobs that i absolutely hate but is necessary now after that all the weeds are thrown on the grass and i run over with a lawnmower in order to throw into the compost bin where hopefully they'll rot down and make some lovely compost after that I moved a lot of my seedlings that I brought down with me from home and I've put these into Grandad's greenhouse. These are my leeks and my onion seedlings. Basically, they are growing, they're underway, but they are destined to be grown down on the allotment. So it seemed to make sense to continue growing them on down here. Now, if I'm down here daily or even every couple of days, I can keep an eye on how much watering they actually need. They probably won't need a huge amount at the moment, but they're here. And once they are big enough to be planted out, I haven't then got to worry about bringing them down because they are already here. Now, after that... I then set about adding some feed to some of my plants that are already going. My garlic has had a garlic feed, my onions a bit of chicken manure. The bed that I'm dedicating for brassicas, I've added some lime to that soil. Now I don't often add lime to the soil and the idea behind lime is that it alters the pH to make it much more suitable for brassicas. Brassicas tend to like a more alkaline soil. So by adding lime, you just raise that pH a bit in order to create the great conditions for brassicas. I've not worried too much about it in the past because when I've pH tested my soil, it's been on a pretty good side. But I thought I'd just add a bit of lime this year and we'll just see if it makes any difference. Then after that, I set about harvesting some items. Now, there is still food that can be harvested, which I'm really pleased about. A lot of my purple sprouting broccoli now is looking really nice and ready. So I've picked up a load of those. I also picked up some chard leaves. Now this chard, I love chard, perpetual spinach. I planted it a couple of years ago. It dies back in the summer, but it starts to regrow again and produces some rather tasty leaves. So I've picked a load of that. And then I've also added some carrots as well. Well, that's it for today. And this will be the end of this week's diary section. This week's tip from the little book of allotment tips is good tools will last a lifetime, so buy the best you can afford. The absolute essentials are a fork and a spade, a rake, a hoe and a line with stakes at each end to mark out rows. A watering can and a good pair of garden gloves will help too. And if you're growing fruit, you'll need secateurs. Now, while I totally agree with everything in this tip, I do want to add a couple of notes. Firstly, back in episode 253, I created a podcast where I discussed the tools that are most commonly used by gardeners by asking the question out on Twitter, what tools do you use the most? Back in that episode, and I do recommend going back to listen to it, a hoe came out as the most commonly used tool. So a hoe is certainly where I would look at investing quite a bit of money. I would also add that any tool that you have, you need to look after. And that means cleaning, oiling, don't leave them outside, pot them away, just look after them. Now my final tip I would also say, and this goes more if you are in the market for some tools, especially if you are just starting out. 
I always recommend that new gardeners would go to a car boot to buy their tools. Usually we can pick up very decent tools from a car boot for just a few pounds. And by being that much cheaper, it means we can buy more just to get started. And it really, really does help. Now I've got some of my favourite tools that I've bought from car boots in the past. One of my favourite tools is a spade that I have at home. It's probably older than me, but it's still as good as new. So as we are discussing tools, it only seems right that I should bring in QuadGrow to discuss their product. Well, I've seen a product for many years now called QuadGrow, a self-watering planter. And I've got Craig from this company who's going to talk to us about what this item is. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so basically the QuadGrow is a self-contained, self-watering uh, system. And it's an alternative to uh, a grow bag. Now what you would do is you fill, have a reservoir and on top of those reservoirs sit 11 litre pots and it's essentially a wicking mat that is drawing water and nutrients from the uh, reservoir at the bottom up to the plant's roots, giving them everything that they need. Now the real benefit of a quad grow is you don't need to hand water every day. Um, if you are going on holiday, the reservoirs have got 30 litres of water and that's going to mean that you could take a day or two away and not need to get back to uh, your plants perhaps as, as quickly as you might do, um, particularly in the warmer months um, when, you, when your plants, your, your tomatoes, your chilies, etc. are taking up more water and nutrients. We've also developed the quad grow so it integrates with uh, a float valve and what we recommend is attaching that to a water butt and then particularly in the warmer months when you might need to go away or you're going on holiday for a week that'll keep everything topped up and you'll go away you'll have a lovely time on holiday and when you get back your tomatoes your chilies peppers etc will have been fed and um, have grown nice and healthy so that's the idea behind the quad grow. Awesome. Now, I first saw these many, many years ago and I was told that they're ideal in a greenhouse or in a courtyard garden. Yeah, perfect for that. The one in front of me, I can see there's four different pots. Yes. Is that typical? Yes. So the quad grow, um, we do it in a combination of fours. Um, what we found is that some people will connect them together. Um, you can drill them so you could create a, a, a continuous line, but because of the ability to attach a float valve and then a T. You could have rows of uh, quad grows in a greenhouse or a polytunnel and you know you could expand this out to ooh, 24, 30, you know even larger. We have uh, customers uh, like uh, Devon Chiliman and they've had quad grows in the past and as polytunnels full of them are all fed from um, single water butts or, or, or just a couple. So it's ideal if you are looking just to grow four plants but if you are looking to expand out a little bit more, it's perfect for that too. Awesome. So I guess we should just sort of explain what we're actually looking at for the listener at home. So on the base, we've got this sort of rectangular system. That's the water reservoir. Is that right? That's right. So the reservoir, yeah, a rectangular shape. So what you'll find if you were to purchase a quadro is it comes in two distinct parts, two rectangular bases and two uh, lids that go on top of those and they're connected together by a piece of around 15 centimetre, 25 millimetre diameter pipe. And that's making the connection between the two reservoirs. So when you add water and nutrient into one, it will automatically top up the other. Right, yeah. So those reservoirs and tank uh, and lids 
on top of those are uh, 11 litre pots and within those 11 litre pots there is a capillary mat that's going all the way through the, the soil or compost whichever you choose in the pot into the reservoir and as that capillary matting is in the reservoir it's drawing water and nutrient up and that's been that's feeding the plant's roots and that's where it's getting all its nutrients from so fantastic fantastic well thank you so much for talking me through all this today uh, looks like an awesome product if anybody wants to find out more where do they head to uh, if anyone wants any more information they can go to www.greenhousesensation.co.uk or if they want to search us um, on facebook we have a, a, a facebook presence and we're also on instagram too Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Craig from Quad Grow for taking his time out his day to discuss this product with me. Now, as I said right at the beginning of that interview, I first saw Quad Grow a number of years ago at an event. Back then, I wasn't in a position to spend the money on a system, but now I may well buy myself one in the not too distant future. Now, next, I want to find out what we can expect to see at this year's Garden World Live event. Rapidly becoming one of my favourite events throughout the year is BBC Garners World Live. Been for the last couple of years and thoroughly enjoyed it. Chatting to one of the organisers here, just going to tell us what we can expect on the 2020 event. Um, okay, so this year's <laughs> show um, is going to be everything that people love about Gardens World Live and more. So we've got um, a host of show gardens. This year we've got a headline garden which is being designed by Toby Buckland, uh, which is all about navigating sustainability and environmental issues in our gardens and what we can do with lots of take-home ideas that people will be able to try themselves in their own garden. Then um, we also have a fantastic garden which celebrates the 25th anniversary of the Association of Professional Landscapers with um, award-winning designer David Stevens who designing their show garden which is actually going to show uh, visitors what happens what takes place underneath the surface of a garden so when you get a quote in for from a landscaper for uh, creating a garden uh, it, it, not everyone necessarily knows the intricacies of what that involves so this literally is an eye level cross section visitors will be able to walk through the garden a beautiful garden with ponds and trellises and patios will be able to see to their side exactly what is taking place underneath what they're seeing um, so the intricacies of, of the project um, there we have a lot more show gardens as well there's APL Avenue which has five show gardens all with a, a British theme so some with maybe one that's got a woodland theme and there's an allotment theme um, so brilliant all designed to back traditional back garden size so all with lots of take-home ideas so there's loads of show gardens there's beautiful borders which are all much smaller areas for lots of up-and-coming designers quite a lot of the designers you see doing beautiful borders actually go on to to, to big and great things um, afterwards it's a great stepping stone into a show garden career uh, there's a huge floral marquee, absolutely vast, mm -hmm. over 100 places to buy plants from, so specialist nurseries and growers, there's also a plant village outside, so even more. Inside the marquee also there's a, a dedicated house of plants feature where uh, all the exhibitors are, are going to be uh, collating all their house plants, so they might not be specialists in a house, wouldn't call themselves a house plant specialist, but they'll have elements of their, their, um, their plants uh, are suitable for indoors. And they're going to be put into this beautiful room set, uh, a kitchen and an open plan living space just adorned and dripping with houseplants. It's going to be beautiful. There's obviously the Gardens World presenters, so Montedon, Carol Klein, Adam Frost, um, and the lineup will all be on stage uh, in the main theatre, as well as, which is a ticketed theatre, so you can book to have your seat and sit down and relax and enjoy half an hour of, uh, of their wit and wisdom and the pearls of gardening wisdom they have. 
or you can also drop in and see them at lots of other stages around the show. Um, for the first time, the My Gardener's World stage in the Floral Marquee is going to be a platform for them to talk about, uh, again, again about sustainability and, and issues that we face in our gardens and how to be mindful of how to garden well in light of issues around plants and wildlife and, uh, and the climate, So, that, along with exhibitors like the Woodland Trust who will also be on that stage, lots lots of advice for people how they can garden well. Uh, so there's a, a that's just that's just the top line. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot more too. Hundreds of exhibitors, um, loads of stages, all sorts of things. The National Allotment Society ni- celebrating 90 years with their stage with us, and uh, lots more, lots more. So on. yeah, there's a lot going on. So it's a good day out, all in all, isn't there? Oh, it's a fantastic day out. There's also bandstand, and there's a gin bus, and there's picnics, and uh, there's masterclasses. There's absolutely masses to do. Now, one of my favourite stages that I had last year, and I've got to ask, is it back this year, the allotment stage? Yes, yes. So the National Allotment Society is celebrating 90 years this year, and so they're back with their stage bigger than ever. Um, they've got a great lineup of speakers um, who will be doing talks but they'll also be available to chat to anyone who wants to come along and not just talk about having an allotment but anyone who wants to have any any input into growing their own fruit yeah. and veg so they're open to talk to everyone so yes they'll be there um, every day awesome so when i go i'll probably be sat at that stage all day long and it's running 18th to 21st of june in the birmingham nec yes that's correct and if anybody wants to find out any more where do they go bbcgardensworldlive.com and uh, on Sunday children go free to the show under 18s are free on Sunday so uh, if you've got family that's that's a brilliant day to come awesome thank you so much well that's what you can expect to see this year if you are planning to go to Gardeners World Live now if you are planning to go please let me know and tell me what you think about the event just before I wrap up for today I need to thank a few people firstly I want to thank Kitchen Garden magazine for including me in a feature in the April issue of their magazine. I'm really pleased that this article included a photo of Grandad's greenhouse too. It's really made my entire family happy to see that. Now secondly, I need to thank BBC Country File magazine who have also included me in their Green Britain special issue of their magazine. On page 13 there's a little feature about this podcast of which I am so chuffed to see in print as well. Now finally, I would also like to thank a YouTube channel called Homegrown Allotment who also gave me a lovely shout out in her video. Hoping to pop up to Allotment one day for a future podcast too but I've only just found this YouTuber and I can't figure out how I've missed her YouTube channels before because it is awesome. Please go check her out, Homegrown Allotment. Now I will add all links to all items mentioned in this podcast on the blog at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk Should you need to find out more don't forget to leave a comment while you're there or you can email me richard at veggrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can find me on social media but for this week please take care and I'll speak to you again next time Thank you.